Chapter 23 of Strange Stories from a Chinese Studio, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Avai in June 2016. Strange Stories from a Chinese Studio, Volume 1 by Song Ling Pu. Translated by Herbert Allen Giles. Chapter 23. Miss Lien Xiang There was a young man named Sang Tzu Ming, a native of Ichou, who had been left an orphan when quite young. He lived near the saffron market and kept himself very much to himself, only going out twice a day for his meals to a neighbor's close by and sitting quietly at home all the rest of his time. One day the said neighbor called and asked him in joke if he wasn't afraid of devil foxes, so much alone as he was. Oh, replied Sang, laughing, what has the superior man to fear from devil foxes? Footnote. Superior man, the term constantly employed by Confucius to denote the man of perfect probity, learning and refinement. The nearest, if not an exact translation, would be gentleman. End of footnote. If they come as men, I have here a sharp sword for them, and if as women, why, I shall open the door and ask them to walk in. The neighbor went away, and having arranged with a friend of his, they got a young lady of their acquaintance to climb over Sang's wall with the help of a ladder and knock at the door. Sang peeped through and called out, Who's there? To which the girl answered, A devil! and frightened Sang so dreadfully that his teeth chattered in his head. The girl then ran away, and next morning when his neighbor came to see him, Sang told him what had happened, and said he meant to go back to his native place. The neighbor then clapped his hands and said to Sang, Why didn't you ask her in? Whereupon Sang perceived that he had been tricked, and went on quietly again as before. Some six months afterwards, a young lady knocked at his door, and Sang, thinking his friends were at their old tricks, opened it at once and asked her to walk in. She did so, and he beheld to his astonishment a perfect Helen for beauty. Asking her whence she came, she replied that her name was Lien Xiang, and that she lived not very far off, adding that she had long been anxious to make his acquaintance. After that, she used to drop in every now and again for a chat, but one evening, when Sang was sitting alone expecting her, another young lady suddenly walked in. Thinking it was Lien Xiang, Sang got up to meet her, but found that the newcomer was somebody else. She was about fifteen or sixteen years of age, wore very full sleeves, and dressed her hair after the fashion of unmarried girls, being otherwise very stylish-looking and refined, and apparently hesitating whether to go on or go back. Sang, in a great state of alarm, took her for a fox, but the young lady said, My name is Li, and I am of a respectable family. Hearing of your virtue and talent, I hope to be accorded the honor of your acquaintance. Sang laughed and took her by the hand, which he found was as cold as ice, and when he asked the reason, she told him that she had always been delicate, and that it was very chilly outside. She then remarked that she had intended to visit him pretty frequently, and hoped it would not inconvenience him, 
so he explained that no one came to see him except another young lady, and that not very often. "'When she comes, I'll go,' replied the young lady, "'and only drop in when she's not here.' She then gave him an embroidered slipper, saying that she had worn it, and that whenever he shook it she would know that he wanted to see her, cautioning him at the same time never to shake it before strangers.' Taking it in his hand, he beheld a very tiny little shoe, almost as fine-pointed as an awl, with which he was much pleased, and next evening, when nobody was present, he produced the shoe and shook it, whereupon the young lady immediately walked in. Henceforth, whenever he brought it out, the young lady responded to his wishes and appeared before him. This seemed so strange that at last he asked her to give him some explanation, but she only laughed and said it was mere coincidence. One evening after this, Lien Xiang came and said in alarm to Sang, Whatever has made you look so melancholy? Sang replied that he did not know, and by and by she took her leave, saying they would not meet again for some ten days. During this period, Miss Li visited Sang every day, and on one occasion asked him where his other friend was. Sang told her, and then she laughed and said, What is your opinion of me as compared with Lien Xiang? You are both of you perfection, replied he, but you are a little colder of the two. Miss Li didn't much like this and cried out, Both of us perfection is what you say to me. Then she must be a downright Cynthia and I am no match for her. Somewhat out of temper, she reckoned that Lien Xiang's ten days had expired, and said she would have a peep at her, making Sang promise to keep it all secret. The next evening Lien Xiang came, and while they were talking she suddenly exclaimed, Oh dear, how much worse you seem to have become in the last ten days! You must have encountered something bad. Sang asked her why so, to which she answered, First of all your appearance, and then your pulse is very thready. You've got the devil disease. The following evening, when Miss Li came, Sang asked her what she thought of Lien Xiang. Oh, said she, there's no question about her beauty, but she's a fox. When she went away, I followed her to her hole on the hillside. Sang, however, attributed this remark to jealousy, and took no notice of it. But the next evening, when Lien Xiang came, he observed, I don't believe it myself, but someone has told me you are a fox. Lien Xiang asked who had said so, to which Sang replied that he was only joking, and then she begged him to explain what difference there was between a fox and an ordinary person. Well, answered Sang, foxes frighten people to death, and therefore they are very much dreaded. Don't you believe that, cried Lien Xiang, and now tell me who has been saying this of me. Sang declared at first that it was only a joke of his, but by and by yielded to her instances and let out the whole story. Of course I saw how changed you were, said Lien Xiang. She is surely not a human being to be able to cause such a rapid alteration in you. Say nothing. Tomorrow I'll watch her as she watched me. The following evening Miss Li came in, and they had hardly interchanged half a dozen sentences when a cough was heard outside the window and Miss Li ran away. Lien Xiang then entered and said to Sang, You are lost. 
She is a devil, and if you do not at once forbid her coming here, you will soon be on the road to the other world. All jealousy, thought Sang, saying nothing as Lien Xiang continued. I know that you don't like to be rude to her, but I, for my part, cannot see you sacrificed, and tomorrow I will bring you some medicine to expel the poison from your system. Happily the disease has not yet taken firm hold of you, and in ten days you will be well again. The next evening she produced a knife and chopped up some medicine for Sang, which made him feel much better. But although he was very grateful to her, he still persisted in disbelieving that he had the devil disease. After some days he recovered and Lien Xiang left him, warning him to have no more to do with Miss Li. Sang pretended that he would follow her advice and closed the door and trimmed his lamp. He then took out the slipper and on shaking it Miss Li appeared, somewhat cross at having been kept away for several days. She merely attended on me these few nights while I was ill, said Sang. Don't be angry. At this Miss Li brightened up a little, but by and by Sang told her that people said she was a devil. It's that nasty fox, cried Miss Li after a pause, putting these things into your head. If you don't break with her, I won't come here again. She then began to sob and cry, and Sang had some trouble in pacifying her. Next evening Lien Xiang came and found out that Miss Li had been there again, whereupon she was very angry with Sang and told him he would certainly die. Why need you be so jealous? said Sang, laughing, at which she only got more enraged and replied, When you were nearly dying the other day and I saved you, if I had not been jealous where would you have been now? Sang pretended he was only joking, and said that Miss Li had told him his recent illness was entirely owing to the machinations of a fox, to which she replied, It's true enough what you say, only you don't see whose machinations. However, if anything happens to you, I should never clear myself even had I a hundred mouths. We will, therefore, part. A hundred days hence I shall see you on your bed. Sang could not persuade her to stay, and away she went, and from that time Miss Li became a regular visitor. Two months passed away, and Sang began to experience a feeling of great lassitude, which he tried at first to shake off, but by and by he became very thin and could only take thick gruel. He then thought about going back to his native place. However, he could not bear to leave Miss Li, and in a few more days he was so weak that he was unable to get up. His friend next door, seeing how ill he was, daily sent in his boy with food and drink, and now Sang began for the first time to suspect Miss Li. So he said to her, I am sorry I didn't listen to Lien Xiang before I got as bad as this. He then closed his eyes and kept them shut for some time and when he opened them again, Miss Lee had disappeared. Their acquaintanceship was thus at an end, and Sang lay all emaciated as he was upon his bed in his solitary room, longing for the return of Lien Xiang. One day, while he was still thinking about her, someone drew aside the screen and walked in. It was Lien Xiang, and approaching the bed, she said with a smile, Was I then talking such nonsense? Sang struggled a long time to speak, and, at length, confessing he had been wrong, implored her to save him. When the disease has reached such a pitch as this, 
replied Lien Xiang, there is very little to be done. I merely came to bid you farewell and to clear up your doubts about my jealousy. In great tribulations, Sang asked her to take something she would find under his pillow and destroy it, and she accordingly drew forth the slipper, which she proceeded to examine by the light of the lamp, turning it over and over. All at once Miss Li walked in, but when she saw Lien Xiang, she turned back as though she would run away, which Lien Xiang instantly prevented by placing herself in the doorway. Sang then began to reproach her, and Miss Li could make no reply, whereupon Lien Xiang said, At last we meet. Formerly you attributed this gentleman's illness to me. What have you to say now? Miss Li bent her head in acknowledgment of her guilt, and Lien Xiang continued, How is it that a nice girl like you can thus turn love into hate? Here Miss Li threw herself on the ground in a flood of tears and begged for mercy, and Lien Xiang, raising her up, inquired of her as to her past life. I am a daughter of a petty official named Li, and I died young, leaving the web of my destiny incomplete, like the silkworm that perishes in the spring. To be the partner of this gentleman was my ardent wish, but I had never any intention of causing his death. I have heard, remarked Lien Xiang, that the advantage devils obtain by killing people is that their victims are ever with them after death. Is that so? It is not, replied Miss Lee. The companionship of two devils gives no pleasure to either. Were it otherwise, I should not have wanted for friends in the realms below. But tell me, how do foxes manage not to kill people? You allude to such foxes as suck the breath out of people, replied Lien Xiang. I am not of that class. Some foxes are harmless, no devils are, because of the dominance of the yin in their compositions. Sang now knew that these two girls were really a fox and a devil. However, from being long accustomed to their society, he was not in the least alarmed. His breathing had dwindled to a mere thread, and at length he uttered a cry of pain. Lien Xiang looked round and said, How shall we cure him? upon which Miss Li blushed deeply and drew back, and then Lien Xiang added, If he does get well, I'm afraid you will be dreadfully jealous. Miss Li drew herself up and replied, Could a physician be found to wipe away the wrong I have done to this gentleman, I would bury my head in the ground. How should I look the world in the face? Lien Xiang here opened a bag and drew forth some drugs, saying, I have been looking forward to this day. When I left this gentleman, I proceeded to gather my simples, as it would take three months for the medicine to be got ready. But then, should the poison have brought any one even to death's door, this medicine is able to call him back. The only condition is that it be administered by the very hand which wrought the ill. Miss Li did as she was told, and put the pills Lien Xiang gave her one after another into Sang's mouth. They burned his inside like fire, but soon vitality began to return, and Lien Xiang cried out, He is cured! Just at this moment Miss Li heard the cock crow and vanished, Lien Xiang remaining behind in attendance on the invalid, who was unable to feed himself. She bolted the outside door and pretended that Sang had returned to his native place so as to prevent visitors from calling. Day and night she took care of him, and every evening Miss Lee came in to render assistance, 
regarding Lien Xiang as an elder sister, and being treated by her with great consideration and kindness. Three months afterwards, Sang was as strong and well as ever he had been, and then for several evenings Miss Li ceased to visit them, only staying a few moments when she did come, and seeming very uneasy in her mind. One evening Sang ran after her and carried her back in his arms, finding her no heavier than so much straw, and then, being obliged to stay, she curled herself up and lay down, to all appearance in a state of unconsciousness, and by and by she was gone. For many days they heard nothing of her, and Sang was so anxious that she should come back that she often took out her slipper and shook it. "'I don't wonder at your missing her,' said Lien Xiang. "'I do myself very much indeed.' "'Formerly,' observed Sang, when I shook the slipper, she invariably came. I thought it very strange, but I never suspected her of being a devil. And now, alas, all I can do is to sit and think about her with this slipper in my hand. He then burst into a flood of tears. Now a young lady named Yen Er, belonging to the wealthy Chang family and about fifteen years of age, had died suddenly, without any apparent cause, and had come to life again in the night, when she got up and wished to go out. They barred the door and would not hear of her doing so, upon which she said, I am the spirit daughter of a petty magistrate. A Mr. Sung has been very kind to me, and I have left my slipper at his house. I am really a spirit. What is the use of keeping me in? There being some reason for what she said, they asked her why she had come there, but she only looked up and down without being able to give any explanation. Someone here observed that Mr. Sang had already gone home, but the young lady utterly refused to believe them. The family was much disturbed at all this, and when Sang's neighbour heard the story, he jumped over the wall, and peeping through beheld Sang sitting there chatting with a pretty-looking girl. As he went in there was some commotion, during which Sang's visitor had disappeared, and when his neighbour asked the meaning of it all, Sang replied, laughing, Why, I told you if any ladies came, I should ask them in. His friend then repeated what Miss Yen Er had said, and Sang, unbolting his door, was about to go and have a peep at her, but unfortunately had no means of so doing. Meanwhile, Mrs. Chang, hearing that he had not gone away, was more lost in astonishment than ever, and sent an old woman-servant to get back the slipper. Sang immediately gave it to her, and Miss Yen Er was delighted to recover it, though when she came to try it on it was too small for her by a good inch. In considerable alarm she seized a mirror to look at herself, and suddenly became aware that she had come to life again in someone else's body. She therefore told all to her mother, and finally succeeded in convincing her, crying all the time because she was so changed for the worse as regarded personal appearance from what she had been before. And whenever she happened to see Lien Xiang, she was very much disconcerted, declaring that she had been much better off as a devil than now as a human being. She would sit and weep over the slipper, no one being able to comfort her, and finally, covering herself up with bedclothes, she lay all stark and stiff, positively refusing to take any nourishment. Her body swelled up, and for seven days she refused all food, but did not die, and then the swelling began to subside, and an intense hunger to come upon her, which made her once more think about eating. 
Then she was troubled with a severe irritation, and her skin peeled entirely away, and when she got up in the morning she found that the shoes had fallen off. On trying to put them on again she discovered that they did not fit her any longer, and then she went back to her former pair which were now exactly of the right size and shape. In an ecstasy of joy she grasped her mirror and saw that her features had also changed back to what they had formerly been, so she washed and dressed herself and went in to visit her mother. Everyone who met her was much astonished, and when Lien Xiang heard the strange story, she tried to persuade Mr. Sang to make her an offer of marriage. But the young lady was rich, and Sang was poor, and he did not see his way clearly. However, on Mrs. Chang's birthday, when she completed her cycle of sixty-one years, Sang went along with the others to wish her many happy returns of the day, and when the old lady knew who was coming, she bade Yen Er take a peep at him from behind the curtain. Sang arrived last of all, and immediately outrushed Miss Yen Er and seized his sleeve and said she would go back with him. Her mother scolded her well for this, and she ran in abashed, but Sang, who had looked at her closely, began to weep and threw himself at the feet of Mrs. Chang, who raised him up without saying anything unkind. Sang then took his leave and got his uncle to act as medium between them, the result being that an auspicious day was fixed upon for the wedding. At the appointed time, Sang proceeded to the house to fetch her, and when he returned he found that, instead of his former poor-looking furniture, beautiful carpets were laid down from the very door, and thousands of coloured lanterns were hung about in elegant designs. Lien Xiang assisted the bride to enter and took off her veil, finding her the same bright girl as ever. She also joined them while drinking the wedding cup, and inquired of her friend as to her recent transmigration. Footnote. Bride and bridegroom drink wine together out of two cups joined by a red string, typical of that imaginary bond which is believed to unite the destinies of husband and wife long before they have set eyes on each other. Popular tradition assigns to an old man who lives in the moon the arrangement of all matches among mortals, hence the common Chinese expression, marriages are made in the moon. End footnote. And Yen Er related as follows. Overwhelmed with grief, I began to shrink from myself as some unclean thing, and after separating from you that day, I would not return any more to my grave. So I wandered about at random, and whenever I saw a living being, I envied its happy state. By day I remained among trees and shrubs, but at night I used to roam about anywhere. And once I came to the house of the Chang family, where, seeing a young girl lying upon the bed, I took possession of her mortal coil, unknowing that she would be restored to life again. When Lien Xiang heard this, she was for some time lost in thought, and a month or two afterwards became very ill. She refused all medical aid and gradually got worse and worse, to the great grief of Mr. Sung and his wife, who stood weeping at her bedside. Suddenly she opened her eyes and said, You wish to live. I am willing to die. If fate so ordains it, we shall meet again ten years hence. As she uttered these words, her spirit passed away, and all that remained was the dead body of a fox. Sang, however, insisted on burying it with all the proper ceremonies. Now his wife had no children, but one day a servant came in and said, 
There is an old woman outside who has got a little girl for sale. Sang's wife gave orders that she should be shown in, and no sooner had she set eyes on the girl than she cried out, Why, she's the image of Lien Xiang! Sang then looked at her and found to his astonishment that she was really very like his old friend. The old woman said she was fourteen years old, and when asked what her price was, declared that her only wish was to get the girl comfortably settled, and enough to keep herself alive and ensure not being thrown out into the kennel at death. So Sang gave a good price for her, and his wife, taking the girl's hand, led her into a room by themselves. Then, chucking her under the chin, she asked her, smiling, Do you know me? The girl said she did not, after which she told Mrs. Sang that her name was Wei, and that her father, who had been a pickle merchant at Xu Cheng, had died three years before. Mrs. Sang then calculated that Lien Xiang had been dead just ten years, and, looking at the girl, who resembled her so exactly in every trait, at length patted her on the head, saying, Ah, my sister, you promised to visit us again in ten years, and you have not played us false. The girl here seemed to wake up as if from a dream, and, uttering an exclamation of surprise, fixed a steady gaze upon Sang's wife. Sang himself laughed and said, Just like the return of an old familiar swallow. Now I understand, cried the girl in tears. I recollect my mother saying that when I was born I was able to speak, and that, thinking it an inauspicious manifestation, they gave me dog's blood to drink, so that I should forget all about my previous state of existence. Is it all a dream, or are you not the Miss Lee who was so ashamed of being a devil? Thus they chatted of their existence in a former life, with alternate tears and smiles, but when it came to the day for worshipping at the tombs, Yen Er explained that she and her husband were in the habit of annually visiting and mourning over her grave. The girl replied that she would accompany them, and when they got there they found the whole place in disorder and the coffin wood all warped. Lien Xiang and I, said Yen Er to her husband, have been attached to each other in two states of existence. Let us not be separated, but bury my bones here with hers. Sang consented, and opening Miss Li's tomb, took out the bones and burnt them with those of Lien Xiang, while friends and relatives who had heard the strange story gathered round the grave in gala dress to the number of many hundreds. I learned the above when travelling through Ichou, where I was detained at an inn by rain, and read a biography of Mr. Sang written by a comrade of his named Wang Tzu Chang. It was lent me by Mr. Liu Tzu Ching, a relative of Sang's, and was quite a long account. This is merely an outline of it. End of chapter 23